Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I guess I didn't just get back from Boulder because I had to finish some writing up, and now I'm doing the podcast, but pretty much just got... Oh, and I forgot. I actually got back and I was like, well, I need to watch the rest of this Nuggets game. So I watched the second half of the Nuggets game, which was kind of sad except for Jokic doing MVP things again. And then I wrote, and now it's time, obviously, to record this podcast. Um... So, second day of spring camp today. It uh, So, it started Wednesday. They had the off day on Friday. Uh, or, sorry, on Thursday. And then they were back at it today. Still in the indoor practice facility, which I was kind of surprised by. Just because it was so nice out. But, um, we'll, we'll see when they get outside. Um, again, like, it made sense on Wednesday. But I, I wonder if there's something to that. So, this is a good segue into we didn't talk to Carl today. Uh, he he's speaking on I believe Wednesdays and Saturdays. It's here Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely right. Because then Tuesdays and Fridays he doesn't. So it's every other practice basically. Saturdays those are the days the scrimmages are going to be. So obviously you need to talk to him after those. And then the other day, the the Wednesdays that's just so that it's every other day. Um, I think that. Tuesdays, we'll be getting a coordinator or some sort of assistant coach. I could be wrong about that. Those might just all be by request as well. Um, but today, obviously, Friday, there was nobody who just like came to a podium and talked to everybody. Um, I was supposed to talk to Nico Reed and Kalen Moore today. Uh, Nico couldn't do it for whatever reason. I'm not sure what's up with him. Um not worried about it. These things happen. Uh, so I only had a chance to hear from Kalen Moore. And I will I'll let you guys hear that audio. We'll, we'll wrap things up. It came out pretty good, which, you know, that's always the worst part. Like, sometimes, like, you ever get, you have, like, a credit card or something, and it's like, okay, here comes the bill. What's it say? And you have to open it, and you're just dreading opening it. It's one of those sorts of things when you record with your phone and you're like, ah, oh, there's some echoes in this room. Sometimes it just doesn't come through clear regardless. Um, but then I, I listened to it. It's actually pretty good. I don't need to mess with it that much. Um, so there's like five minutes, five and a half minutes, something like that with Kalen that you'll hear on the back end of this podcast. Um, because that was the only interview today, I really don't have all that much information to share. And I hope that doesn't mean that you're going to turn this off. But the truth is, we don't have all that much to talk about today, uh, which I guess is a little bit surprising, disappointing, whatever. Um, tomorrow, though, 
I think tomorrow I'm supposed to talk with Brady Russell and Isaiah Lewis. So those two, first of all, they're talkers. And so that, that'll be worth quite a bit. And we'll hear from Carl, so we'll get a bunch of notes on that. So tonight, this might be a little bit quick, but tomorrow we'll have some more details about really what's gone on these last couple of days in practice. Uh, so I, I bet it's a long one. We'll also hear, I mean, why they're inside. Um, I wonder if that's just protecting the field, uh, especially because, I mean, you you really don't want spring injuries. That's the worst thing, obviously, that can happen this time of year. And so maybe they're saying, like, yeah, we're going to get outside a lot. Let's just not push it. Let's let's have a couple of these inside on the turf where everything's good and, and save that field a little bit. And uh, who knows? There's my guess. We'll ask Carl tomorrow. Um, I think that's just about everything because there's really no other news going on. Uh, there was no, no basketball news today. No women's basketball transfer news today. Uh, we I think we're all caught up on everything. Oh, we can say that Stanford beat Colorado. Actually, I haven't seen the final score, but I know that it was like 14-6 to six or something heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, Stanford, we've talked about this before, really, really good team. Colorado, also a really good team, but when you're on the road playing them, you know, that that's tough. And that's why I'm pretty sure these are the only two games that they play against each other. So they each win at home. Makes sense to me. Um, still disappointing. They play Cal on Sunday, I believe. So we'll tune in for that. Ooh, I should also say this. Tomorrow at noon, the soccer team is going to be playing BYU, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm going to try to make it out for a couple minutes of the game, uh, but there's conflict with football. So point is, if you guys need something to do on a sunny Saturday afternoon, it's supposed to be like 70 degrees, get out there, watch Hannah Schartz and the squad go beat up BYU. Uh, should be a good time. Um, so I guess there were some notes. Football-wise, though, I mean, again, like it's kind of weird doing this podcast because you're going to hear everything that Kalen Moore said. Um, so before we jump into that, I think really what I need to do is just give you guys some context and some background on what's going on with him so we can start here first of all Kalen to me is probably one of the favorites to be a starter at at cornerback if you if you say three starters if there's two starters honestly it's still probably him I I have Nigel Bethel penciled in as number one on that depth chart I I I think that Jalen Stryker is going to be a really good candidate for one of those top jobs because, I mean, he's a junior. He's been in the program a while. Still hasn't taken a snap for CU, though. And for that reason, I think that I put Kalen Moore in front of him. Nico Reed, right there with him. And uh, it's really those four who I would have toward the top of the list. And like I said, I'd probably go Bethel, Moore, Reed, Stryker, as of right now. And and that'll honestly probably change quite a bit over the course of this spring. Hopefully, we'll... Hear quite a bit about those guys making some plays. Outside of them, there are three freshmen already on campus. Um, those three, obviously, like new to this whole thing, and it, it's a strange dynamic, right? Because both Reed and Moore, they played their freshman seasons last year, and now they're like of the seven. I guess they're the two in the middle, but they're they're kind of the the veterans now because both of them played quite a bit. Uh, Nico Reed, I think really got the, yeah, we, I think you could say he kind of got the first shot. I think week one, 
after things were kind of decided with Northern Colorado, both Nico Reed and Kalen Moore got some reps. Kalen didn't play again until week four. At that point, he got one snap in that game. He, he didn't play again after that until week eight. Had four snaps in that game. But then he really took off. Um, 13 snaps week nine. 67 snaps week 10. 60 against... Uh, who was that week? I can't remember. Oregon, maybe? Oregon State? Oregon State, potentially? But 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 later on in the season, Kalen Moore, Nico Reed... Or, or sorry, Kalen Moore really did seem to take a hold of that cornerback job. Meanwhile... Nico got more work early on. He was the the first of those two to kind of come in and be that what probably fourth cornerback, depending on how you count Chris Miller, um, but but probably fourth cornerback. Um, he he kind of got that spot work. He's getting a handful of snaps just about every game all season. Um, but again, like like he peaked at like twenty six in week seven, twenty nine week ten, thirty three week eleven. Um, and I guess after that, he did have 66 against Utah at the end of the season, but that's after Kalen went down with an injury. So I think that just by looking at the snap counts, you do kind of see Kalen Moore seemed to have taken that step up the depth chart in front of Nico, um, but then missed those last three games of the season where Nico took that role back. Um, so I think that that's kind of the important context here, and that's why I have Kalen Moore just slightly ahead of Nico Reed. Uh, at the same time, I, th- I think it's honestly maybe the most notable thing is that both of them were playing uh, uh, outside. Neither of them played all that much in the slot. And I mean, that's to me the missing. I guess Nigel Bethel. No, he was mostly outside. He was mostly outside, although he did get some work in the slot. So if it is those three, I guess you'd probably guess that Nico's the slot guy, but you don't really know. Um, what makes it so interesting to me that they're both kind of those pure outside cornerbacks at this point is that neither of them are very big. You know, Nico Reed is 5'10", 160. What does CU say? They have him 5'10", 175. They have Kalen Moore, 5'10", 180. Um, those, are, those are not big cornerbacks. And honestly, like obviously I was standing right next to Kalen Moore today. Not a big dude. I'll say that not 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 a big dude. Um, definitely like like in good shape, like muscular. If if me and him were to get into a boxing match, I'd be on the floor in an instant. But again, in terms of like power five college football cornerbacks, these are these are not big corners, and I think that that kind of is the potential identity of this group. You know, you look at kind of what Arizona State had at cornerback the last few years with like Chase Lucas and Jack Jones and all those guys. It was it was all these kind of smaller DBs, and I think that you know potentially not by design. You know, you thought that you had Christian Gonzalez, but you probably wind up looking kind of like that. Uh, he he did say like he he, play, he prefers to play man coverage. He's good with both. Whatever uh, you'll hear all that from him. Um, but you know when you see these smaller cornerbacks, you typically think of something almost kind of like that cover two type of scheme. Um, so, so man, you get concerned by the, the lack of size. Um, you know, the, the, the lack of size means that if you're going up against, uh, you know, Drake London, obviously, but, but even like a Brendan Rice, for example, when they play USC, a bigger receiver like that, one-on-one, can they make those plays or are they just going to get mossed, you know? And so that's, that's why with smaller cornerbacks, you kind of move away 
from that that just pure man coverage a little bit. Cover three, typically you're looking for those super long cornerbacks on the outside. Uh, honestly, kind of similar to, to when you're playing a lot of man. Uh, the difference being that they just like drop back, don't press so much, um, but but just pure, pure purely physically, you do expect them to be kind of that longer, almost like safety-ish type of build, free safety type of build, um, just long and able to knock balls away, whatever. Um, but the cover two type of stuff, that's where these smaller cornerbacks typically thrive. Um, the, the the ability to to use that that short area burst. You know, there's not so much body to move. You should be able to change directions a little bit quicker as a smaller guy and really just squat down on everything five five yards downfield, ten yards downfield, and break on those balls and make plays. You know, that's where you think of, you know, like a Josh Norman type of quarterback or cornerback. Um, just pulling it up. Okay, so he they, they list him at six foot 190, but again, what does that mean? probably like 5'11", 185, and especially when you're converting college football sizes to NFL sizes, that's a pretty small cornerback. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see how these guys are used. We did see more zone when they were on the field later in the year because of those injuries to the guys in front of them. Um, but again, Kalen says he likes playing man, and I think, honestly, probably a lot of that is... I, I, in hindsight, I wish I would have asked, like, did you play a lot of man in high school? Because I, I wouldn't be surprised that if at this point in somebody's career, if they have a preference, like, I like playing man instead of zone. I like playing zone instead of man. I like, I like zone blocking. I like gap blocking. I like pass blocking better. You know, all these different things. It's typically, you know, the, the comfort level for younger players comes from what you did in high school. And I guess, you know, last year, the Buffs played so much man coverage early in the year. Um, and, it, and like I said, it kind of dwindled later. But that means that during those practices, during camp, when, when you're trying to figure out who to put out there, there's there's a lot of man going on. And then the cornerback's coach is teaching man to these guys. And and because of that, you know, even though Kalen Moore, Nico Reed, when they were on the field, there was more zone, you still saw all of this man coverage like they're going through those practices and working on it and so that would kind of reinforce some of that kind of experience you know reinforce being that style of player um yeah I, I think that the last thing that I want to get to before I let you guys hear from Kalen himself uh just looking through some of these stats for him uh, from from last season um, like I said, first of all, he really was not in the slot at all. Um, it was really rare that they moved him in there. And I think more often than not, like when, when he gets counted as a slot defender, it's typically because there is no receiver split out wide on that side, so he kind of creeps in. At least that's that's what I'm guessing they're counting, just looking through some of these, because like, we talked about a lot of this last week, but I just watched a lot of these games. Um so he was he was in coverage for 80 snaps last season, which is again for for a true freshman at cornerback, that's a really big number in terms of like you know I think Christian Gonzalez was out there for 680 snaps over the course of the season, so you'd expect what about 300 of those minimum to be pass defense, and probably even closer to 350 400. Um, so sample size wise, it's not a big sample size. 
But there are a couple of stats here that really stand out. Um, and we've mentioned some of these before, but he was only targeted five times on those 80 snaps that he was in coverage. And that, that means, what, once every 16 plays that he's out there, he gets targeted. That's that's a really, really, really good number. And I think Nico was actually right in front of him. I think Nico was toward the top of the conference. He was at like 37 or something. And even, even being at, at that 1 in 16, that would put Kalen very high up that leaderboard in terms of the Pac-12. Again, a lot of that is once those injuries hit, you remember the same time that Makai missed those two games. That was after Nate went down. And so you have Quinn Perry in there getting his first real action. Uh, you're leaning on Robert Barnes even more. You're leaning on Jack Lamb even more. And Quinn Perry in particular kind of got picked on in coverage. There were some more easy completions in the middle of the field. So defenses probably, or offenses, sorry, quarterbacks didn't look so much to the outside just because there were more options there. Um, and so again, it's with any with any stats, but especially with football stats, and even more so defensive football stats, you really have to take all, take it with a grain of salt. Um, still though, it's a really good number. On those five targets, he gave up two catches. Pretty crazy, right? They're worth 14 yards, and the best part, 15 yards after the catch, which means that the the he, I mean, they're, they're, obviously one of them was a screen. Um, one was one was actually a, a catch two yards behind the line of scrimmage that was brought for a four-yard gain, a six-yard yard after catch. And can you really ask somebody to uh, to break up a screen? Probably not. Um, credited with one pass breakup over the course of the season, he. Uh, he also was called for a penalty. I don't remember the penalty. It wasn't accepted. Okay, it was against Northern Colorado. Um, and then finally, gave up a 47.9 passer rating last season. So, again, that's... that's the, the numbers are very good. The numbers are very good, even though, again, small sample size. You're talking about defensive football stats. Again, the, you like to see the numbers. The, the fact that the buffs... Seem to have chosen him over Nico Reed when when push came to shove and it was time to put one on the field late in the season. Again, these are all things that point toward Caleb Moore being really good. And on top of that, again, this isn't to bash Nico because Nico played really well too. And some of these stats for Nico were even better. And I mean, how can I say? I can say, I I think the coaching staff. I know the coaching staff really thinks highly of Nico and thinks that he has a very bright future in front of him. And because because of that, again, the fact that Kalen's the one who got out there, good sign, right? Because you just took somebody who has a bright future and said, ah, we, we, we like this guy even better right now. Again, it's not necessarily who you like better, but you got to put somebody on the field, and they said best chance to win, Kalen. Um, okay, this is, this is probably one of the most competitive battles in this offseason, you know, you look at quarterback, obviously. I think once fall camp comes around, the running back will position will be pretty contested. Um, but the receivers and the cornerbacks are where my eyes would be if I were allowed to watch these practices. Because you have great competition on both sides, you've got a bunch of young players on both sides, and you really have to sort through, I mean, at the cornerback position, seven different players who 
honestly, any of them could wind up being a starter. I think, obviously, you look at the the younger guys, the true freshmen, and say, like, eh, probably not going to happen. But, I mean, Christian Gonzalez, he, was, he started every game his freshman year, his true freshman year. Um, and I don't even think, I guess that was the COVID year. So there was no spring camp. But but he obviously did not get spring ball. He got a shortened fall ball. The fact that these three are all on campus already, they get these extra 15 practices, they get all these extra meetings, they get the extra time with Shannon Turley, the strength coach, that increases their odds even more. And on top of that, like I said, Christian Gonzalez played quite a bit as a freshman. Kalen Moore, or he started all those games as a freshman, Christian did. Kalen Moore, Nico Reed, Tyron Taylor, before he moved to safety, they got extensive, extensive work as true freshmen. So, considering you're coming into a season where you, you're you even shallower at cornerback, having lost Makai Blackman, having lost uh, a, a Christian Gonzalez, it, it does seem like at the very least you're going to be seeing some of these true freshmen, even if they don't win the starting job. The point is, it's a really deep com- competition, you could see just about any com- combination coming out of this, but I will say Nigel Bethel looked really, really, really good last year before he got hurt. So I think that I think that that's all my thoughts on these cornerbacks. And uh, before I let you hear from Kalen, let me uh, tell you about a couple of our friends. First of all, Sexy Pizza. I tell you guys about Sexy Pizza all the time. You really can't do any better in the Denver metro area. They've got four locations in Denver. They've got another one in Trinidad. It's uh, it's really good pizza. It's hand-tossed deck oven pizza. They make their dough from scratch every single day. They've got gluten-free options, vegan options, all sorts of different sides. The garlic knots are really good. Um, you cannot go wrong with sexy pizza. And you can also order one of their philanthropies. Those, as you might be able to guess based on the name, those are pizzas that were put together by different nonprofit groups in the area. And every time you order one of those pizzas, they get a cut of the profits. It's a great deal. So definitely get in on sexy pizza. Because like I said, it's really, really great pizza. I've, I've taken Ubers and said like, yeah, we're going to go with pizza. And you're like, oh, they've tried sexy pizza. And it's like, well, let me tell you something. I sure have. Uh, so sexy pizza, get in on that. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, This is another thing you should get in on right now because there's an awesome promotion. If you bet $5 on any college basketball team to win, you'll get $200 if you're correct. $200 in free bets. That's five $40 free bets. If you're new to betting, this is a great way to start things off. It's a great way to build the account, especially because, you know, as a new better, a $5 bet, that's pretty pretty typical, right? Bet a dollar, bet $5, whatever. If you can start the account with five $40 free bets, and then your plan is just to bet $5, that, uh, just say you hit half of them, all of a sudden you've got, what, 100 bucks in the account. That means you could miss 20 bets in a row before you have to make another deposit. Uh, that's a great number. Plus, you could probably just make some money too. Uh, DraftKings is a lot of fun. I uh, actually took the Nuggets tonight, but, I mean... I took them in the fourth quarter when they were down by 10 points. I was like, yeah, just just throw a couple dollars on this. If it happens, I'm going to make a lot of money. Why not? 
Um, and it didn't work out, but it has worked out plenty of times before. And that's why I keep coming back. And that's why you'll keep coming back too. Once you sign up, uh, once again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use the promo code DNVR and bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. You'll get $200 in free bets. If they do, if they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only new customers only minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So like I said, uh, going to let you guys listen into this conversation with Kayla Moore. It was actually me, Justin Guerrero from uh, CU Sports Nation, the Rivals site, and, and also Nikki Edwards, the, the sports editor at The Bold, the student newspaper. So uh, I think that's it. Here's uh, here's Kalen. And you changed numbers? Yeah, it's number zero this year. Yeah, what was that about? Uh, I wanted a single digit this year, okay. and it was open, so I took it. Okay. How's it been going with, uh, with, with Coach Chan? It's just kind of building a relationship with him, learning from him, starting off here in spring ball. What's kind of been your, your vibe on him as a coach? Uh, it's been great so far. Uh, he's taught me new techniques, new things to use. That's always good as a DB to have more than one in your tool bag. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to building a relationship with him even more. There's a bunch of young guys there now, like three freshmen, I think, in practice. What's it like being just one year in, but also being one of the older guys out there? It's definitely new. This is new to me. But uh, it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, I get to teach them what I know, and I'm excited to see what they can do this year. How have they looked so far? Uh, they've looked good so far. Only getting better. Okay. How's the competition? What do you want to work on this season? This season, I just want to work on uh, just making more plays, getting out on the field, and doing what I can to help the team win. What do you think you got out of last season, just just being able to see the field as a true freshman at one of the, the tougher positions to play at as, as an underclassman at cornerback? Just what was the experience like for you last year, and, and what do you think you got out of it? Like, how did you grow just in your experience on the field last year? Uh, it was really a great experience. Uh, with DB, it's all about confidence. So playing more, the more, the more playing time you get, the more confident you get. So that's all, that's all I could really say about that. And just, um, I mean, from the end of last season to now as spring ball gets started, like, what, what did your offseason look like in terms of how you evaluated yourself from, from last season? Just watching film, maybe thinking about what you could do better, how you could become a better player. Just What did that look like for you as we now get to spring ball here? Uh, just a lot of work, uh, trusting my abilities, trusting my technique, um, and just playing with more confidence. Yeah. Okay. Uh, only two days in, but are there any receivers that you've had some fun going up against so far? Uh, it's always fun going against everybody. Uh, Tana, always fun. Okay. It's always a competition with him. We're both from L.A., so it's always fun with him. Chase, a great receiver. R.J. from Baylor. He's Everybody there is just amazing, so I'm excited to see what we can do on offense this year, too. Who talks the most? Who talks the most? Probably Tana. <laughs> okay, I believe that. Always. <laughs> In the new realm of NIL, are you looking at anything, or are you just hanging out? Right now, I wanna. Uh, right now, just focus on the team, focus yeah. on winning games, focus on me getting better. But uh, when one comes, I hope it's a good one, and I'm looking forward to get some of those too this year. So. You know, the uh, few DBs, few starters from last year decided to leave. Well, what was your reaction when you see that happen? Because obviously, like you miss those guys, but it also means that the door's kind of open for you. Uh, yeah, it's really an opportunity for me. I mean, of course, it's sad to see them go because they were like mentors to me. But I just got to step up and be a leader for the team now. So. Do you feel like there's some pressure at this point because you are 
kind of in position to be a starter? Yeah, but uh, pressure's a privilege, so the more the pressure, the more the uh, knowledge you'll get if you do well. So This is more of a kind of a technical question, just out of my own curiosity, but um, when you're playing man versus zone um, in terms of covering wide receivers, just for you as a cornerback, like what do the differences look like, and, and what are your what is your confidence level just being on a guy one on one versus playing more of like a zone defense? I like man a little bit more. Uh, zone sometimes it gives you a little break, it gives you a little chance to read the field, read the uh, read two, read uh, the receivers more than one. But um, yeah, I'm a rather play man, but zone is fun too. And, yeah. Okay. Overall, this offseason, one of the goals is to fill those holes in that defense. From your perspective, how is the defense looking overall? The defense right now looks great. We look clean. Uh, we still work on a few things, uh, running to the ball, pursuing the ball. But overall, our effort, our technique, everything looks really good right now, first two days. So. Are you making any contact with Coach Wilson, and what is he saying to you? Yeah, Coach Wilson, he's a, a great coach. Um, He's excited to see what I can do this year. He's believed in me for a minute now, so uh, I'm excited to uh, show him what I can do. So. Is it nice being in the same system for a second year and kind of knowing what's up? It really is. It's nice to not have to learn a whole new defense. We, we have some new stuff, of course, but um, it's nice to uh, already know some stuff going into spring, you know, going into seasons. I know it, it, it's early here in spring, but with four quarterbacks, with Brendan, JT, Maddox, and Drew all, all switching reps, this is that something that helps you as a cornerback, just being able to, to get used to different quarterbacks, different styles, different kind of things that they do? Yeah, it always helps going against uh, the more uh, competition. So they're all great quarterbacks. Um, one's not better than the other. It's just whoever's going to earn that spot. And, um, yeah, of course, it helps as DB going against as many people as possible. So receivers, quarterbacks, anything. So. Is there anybody who stood out to you in the first couple of days of practice, somebody who's playing pretty well, surprised you at all? Um, everybody. Everybody's good, so I can't answer that right now. Okay. I don't know, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Thanks, Caleb. Yeah, appreciate thanks. it. Awesome. Man. Appreciate it. For sure. All right. Nice to meet you, man. Thank you. Thank you.